Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick, or The Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we're going to be going in-depth into my top 36 wide receiver rankings and tiers for week number six of the 2023 fantasy football season. But before we could get into things, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, then please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. And while you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure you leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter, please do so at NotoriousFN. TSY. So without further ado, let's get into my top 36 wide receiver rankings and tiers for week number six of the 2023 fantasy football season. We begin with the S tier at the wide receiver position with my wide receiver number one for the week, Tyreek Hill of the Miami Dolphins going up against the Carolina Panthers at home in Miami. Last week, Tyreek Hill took the Giants to pound town as the wide receiver three on the week, and I think he's going to do the exact same thing up against a putrid Carolina Panthers defense. The upside for Tyreek Hill in this game is 30 or 40 fantasy football points. This matchup is amazing. Chef's kiss, Manuf week four. Miss your Tyreek Hill. At number two, we have Stefan Diggs of the Buffalo Bills going up against the New York Football Giants at home in Buffalo on Sunday Night Football. Wide receiver six last week for Diggs in a game that was tough for the Bills in London. Currently the wide receiver two on the season. Always a safe bet week in and week out. And that bet becomes even more safe when you go up against a Dick Cheese defense like the New York Football Giants. At number three, we have Jamar Chase of the Cincinnati Bengals going up against the Seattle Seahawks at home in Cincinnati. Wide receiver one last week up against the Arizona Cardinals. Now, I for one, even up against a bad Arizona Cardinals defense, started to worry about the Cincinnati Bengals offense, right? Because Joe Burrow looked like a complete and utter unmitigated disaster throughout the whole season. But last week, Joe Burrow showed up and Jamar Chase balled out 19 targets. 15 receptions, 192 yards, and not one, not two, but three touchdowns in that game as the wide receiver won. Now his matchup this week up against Seattle isn't as much of a wet dream as this for Tyreek and Stefan Diggs, but Jamar Chase is that fucking good that even up against a middle-of-the-road defense, he could easily be the number one receiver on the week. All of these guys in the S tier have the ability to finish as the number one wide receiver. At number four, we have Cooper Cup of the LA Rams going up against the aforementioned Arizona Cardinals terrible defense this week at home in LA. Now, Cooper Cup Felt like he never even left, right? He came back, didn't miss a single beat. 12 targets, 8 receptions, 118 yards. Something light for Cooper Cup as the wide receiver number 12. Now, Puka Nakua did end up outscoring him, but I do feel like if you had to pick one out of both of them, even though they're both probably top 12 options every single week, I would definitely lean with Cooper Cup. I think he's going to continue to get force-fed in this offense. And even though Matthew Stafford appears to just always be banged up throughout the season, he has not forgotten his love for Cooper Cup. At number five, we have Keenan Allen of the LA Chargers going up against the Dallas Cowboys at home in LA on Monday Night Football. Now the Chargers are coming out the bye. Last game out up against the Raiders at home in LA. Keenan Allen definitely disappointed as the wide receiver 30. I know this isn't the best matchup up against the Dallas Cowboys, but we have seen that good offenses can definitely be a bit of a doozy for this Dallas Cowboys defense, and I think Keenan Allen, despite the matchup, is still going to be able to put up a 
favorable performance this week at home in LA. And to close out the S tier, we got Devontae Adams of the Las Vegas Raiders going up against the New England Patriots at home in Las Vegas. He had a shoulder injury, but returned to practice on Thursday, practicing in a limited fashion. I am not worried one bit. I think Devontae Adams is going to suit up and be a top 12 receiver on the week. Now, he had a down game against the Packers, had four targets, four receptions, four for four, like he was at Wendy's for 45 yards. But when you are a receiver that is as prolific as Devontae Adams, if you have one shit game, there's no need to panic. And the plus side here is that he's going up against a Patriots defense that isn't the Patriots defense that they we thought that they would be entering into the season. This is a much worse version of the Patriots. And the Raiders offense was humming last week. I think they're going to continue to build on that in a Jimmy Garoppolo revenge game up against the Patriots. Moving now to the A tier at the wide receiver position, beginning at number seven with C.D. Lamb, the Lamster of the Dallas Cowboys, going up against the L.A. Chargers in L.A. Now, this season has been a disaster for Lamb. Starting off the season as the wide receiver, 32 7, 46, 25, and 43. If you drafted C.D. Lamb in the first round, you're pissed. If you drafted him in the second round, you're probably still very mad. But what I will note is that this team is not going to look how they looked against the 49ers. They are actually going to be able to get it up. They won't need a Viagra or a Cialis in this one. C.D. Lamb is still an alpha wide receiver to me. He is still one of the better wide receivers in the NFL, and he has a great matchup this week. The only reason why he's not in the S tier with the other guys is because I do still have slight worries about Dak Prescott. At number 8, we got Puka Nakua, who's also a part of the Breakfast Club with Cooper Cup, going up against the Arizona Cardinals. Like I said, there was a lot of people that were panicking. Oh my god, Nick Cooper Cup's coming back! Puka Nakua's gonna shit the bed now! Guess what? 11 targets, 7 receptions, 71 yards, and a tug. One touchdown in back-to-back weeks. He's been a top 12 receiver every single week except for against the Bengals. And now he gets yet another layup of a matchup against the Cardinals. Do not panic on Puka. Start him with supreme confidence. At number 9, we got Wiki Wiki DJ Moore of the Chicago, Chicago Bears going up against the cold-like Minnesota Vikings this week. Wide receiver 2 last week. Wide receiver 5 the week prior. This motherfucker had 230 yards against the commanders on Thursday night football and three touchdowns. Now I know eventually this Chicago Bears offense might run out of gas. This offense might not be bending people over the table week in and week out, but you better believe over the next couple of weeks, like against the Raiders and the Chargers and the Vikings this week, DJ Moore is going to be on top of the world. The connection from Justin Fields to DJ Moore is like peanut butter and fucking jelly. 5G LTE connection, fiber internet connection, DJ Moore is in for yet another huge showing. Again, these guys aren't in the S tier for me, but there's not that crazy of a dip off from the S tier to the A tier. The drop off begins a little bit more once we get closer to the B tier. Amon Ross St. Brown of the Detroit Lions comes in as the wide receiver 10 going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa Bay. Amon Ra has been dealing with that abdomen injury but practiced in full on Thursday so my best guess is that he plays on Sunday. 
Now, in terms of a return matchup, going up against the Bucks is far from the ideal matchup. Now, going against the Bucks isn't the worst thing ever, but it's not the best thing since sliced bread. So, going up against the Bucks, Amon Ra should be fine. Jared Goff was humming last week up against the Panthers. Bad defense, even without Amon Ra. And Sam Laporta was a add to the injury report. And if Sam Laporta doesn't play, that adds even more upside to Amon Ra, who's already a lock to be in your lineup every single week. And pretty much a lock to be a top 12-ish receiver. The only week where he didn't do that was up against Seattle, where the motherfucker still had 100 yards, just didn't find the end zone. At number 11, to close out the A tier, we got A.J. Brown going up against the New York Jumbo Jets in Met. Life. Now, I do somewhat worry about the matchup against the Jets, but at the end of the day, the Philadelphia Eagles have one of the best offenses in the NFL and they are fucking unstoppable. 120 plus yards in three straight games. Now, eventually, Devontae Smith is going to come from out of nowhere like an RKO from Randy Orton and have his huge game. But at this point in the season, I don't think you can rank A.J. Brown much lower than the wide receiver 11. Moving now into the B tier at number 12 with my boy, Jalen Waddle away, Waddle Waddle, till the very next day, going up against the Carolina Panthers at home in Miami. Now, last week, finally, Jalen Waddle showed up, cupcake matchup against the Giants, scores a touchdown, but I think he can do even better this week. He was the wide receiver 20 last week. I think he finishes inside the top 12 this week. I think both Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle can coexist. Tyreek could score 40 fucking points and Jalen Waddle could score 20 plus points. That is how explosive the Miami Dolphins offense is. Again, wet dream matchup against the Panthers. I know some people started panicking about Waddle, but to me, there is no reason to worry. This offense is going to hum this week. At number 13, we got Brandon Ayuk of the San Francisco 49ers going up against the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. On paper, this is not an ideal matchup. But even when a matchup is scary, when you're on the 49ers offense, it doesn't matter as much, right? Brock Purdy is slinging the rock all over the yard. Brandon Ayuk is currently a top 20 receiver in fantasy on the season, and he missed week three against the Giants. Again, I get the matchup isn't as ideal, but I am in love with Ayuk this week, even though he's playing up against the Browns, and this might be another beatdown. Because the Browns are starting P.J. Walker. Most likely, because I don't think Watson is playing. At number 14, we got Calvin Ridley of the Jags going up against the Indianapolis Colts at home in Jacksonville. First matchup up against the Indianapolis Colts was in week one. Crazy that they're already playing again. He was the wide receiver six in that game. Now, in between that, it was kind of a rocky road, like the fucking ice cream. But last week, wide receiver nine up against a tough Bills defense over 120 yards. I think this is yet another good game out of Calvin Ridley. There were a lot of people trying to jump ship off of Ridley, but to me, he is still a alpha wide receiver in an offense that I project to be great. Next up, we move to wide receiver 15, Calvin Ridley. Now, Calvin Ridley's been in a bit of a downward spiral. Wide receiver 41 last week against the Pats and wide receiver 118 in week four against the Bucks. Now, the game against the Patriots got out of hand very quickly as the Patriots offense looked limp dick and the Saints defense defense was all over Mac Jones's ass, so they didn't really have to throw the ball a crazy amount in that game, leading to somewhat of a downfall for Chris Olave. Now, he still found the end zone. He scored a touchdown, but he only had 12 yards. 
But again, I don't think that prior game against the Patriots should change your mute, your mood, your mood here up against the Houston Texans in Houston. I get this isn't a wet dream matchup, but Chris Olave is a guy you should be very confident in week in and week out, regardless of the matchup. At number 16, we got DK Metcalf of the Seahawks going up against the Bengals in Cincinnati. Now, DK Metcalf with a rib injury did not practice on Wednesday. Very important to keep following up on Metcalf if he misses on Sunday and keeps missing practice, right? You don't want to play him. If Metcalf doesn't play, then Tyler Lockie in my pocket skirt elevates highly up the rankings. Now, Metcalf has been pretty hit or miss this season. But even when he has missed, he hasn't completely fucked you over. His lowest finish is wide receiver 39, and his lowest points scored is 12 points. The matchup against the Bengals doesn't scream wet dream here. This doesn't scream the easiest matchup, cupcake on earth. But again, he's DK Metcalf, so you're kind of going to start on this is a tier of guys, except for, I would say, Waddle and Ridley, who have pretty good matchups. These are guys in tougher matchups that... You just kind of have to start due to how good they are. At number 17, we got Debo Samuel going up against the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. Debo Samuel did have a bit of a down game last week up against the Cowboys, but still at 55 yards. He's been coming off that injury week four up against Arizona. He was kind of a decoy last week, had a lot more usage, but wasn't up to that full workload that we're used to for Debo. His upside is immense week in and week out again. I don't really give a shit that he's playing the Browns. You drafted him highly for a reason. I know the draft was a couple weeks ago at this point. But this is a guy that has proven to us that he could be a top 12 receiver weekly. He was the wide receiver of 12 in week two, wide receiver eight in week number three. Now we move to the C tier at the wide receiver position, beginning at number 18 with Adam Thielen of the Carolina Panthers going up against the Miami Dolphins in Miami. We've been talking about Thielen for the last couple of weeks, and Thielen is a classic case of the on-fire model. And when a player is on-fire NBA Jam style, when they're really cooking, you cannot sit them. I don't give a fuck if they're going up against the 85 Bears or the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins' defense obviously much worse than the 85 Bears. Wide receiver 4, 23, and 16 over the last four games. He has scored three touchdowns in the last four games. Is at two games over 100 receiving yards. This is a guy with 13, 8, 14, and 9 targets over the last four weeks. Bryce Young was cooking up a five-star Michelin chef meal last week, and I just believe in Adam Thielen at this point in the season. If you guys have noticed, my voice might sound a little bit fucked up. I'm not sure if anyone can even tell. It might sound a little bit messed up. I was screaming at the TV last night during the Chiefs-Broncos game. I won $1,000 on DFS last night, so I was very excited. So if I sound a little bit fucked up, I do apologize, and this video is being recorded shortly after that game. So number 19 here, Devontae Smith going up against the Jets in Gotham. He's been missing over the last couple of weeks. Wide receiver 99-24, wide receiver 69. Very nice, I like. Week three. But before that, he was the wide receiver 10 and 17. Again, there are a lot of people that when players like Devontae Smith shit the bed a couple too many times, even though he didn't really shit the bed week four, they start to panic. Devontae Smith is the second best receiver on one of the best offenses in the NFL with one of the best quarterbacks and one of the best offensive lines. 
You need to take a chill pill if you're panicking on Smith again. Am I saying he's going to ball out this week? Fuck no, baby. That's why he's ranked wide receiver 19. But I'm still confident enough to play him. I'm not panicking yet. You got to shake it off. Shake off that panic like your name was Tay-Tay Swizzle. At number 20, we got Hollywood Brown going up against the LA Rams in LA. Now, this is going to be a tougher matchup. But even in tough matchups like against the 49ers, this man was a top 14 option, top 24 wide receiver in four straight games ever since Josh Dobbs has been clicking. So has Hollywood Brown as his number one target, currently the wide receiver 12 on the season. I get some people panic about the matchup, but I don't worry. The only thing I am worrying about is the fact that Hollywood Brown has been sick. Motherfucker, I'm ill, not sick, did not practice on Wednesday with an illness. Obviously, something to monitor. At number 21, can you do something for me? Michael Pittman Jr. of the Indianapolis Colts going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville. Two semi-down games in a row. Wide receiver 33 last week, wide receiver 75 the week prior. This guy went off last time against Jacksonville as the wide receiver eight. Now, I know that Gardner Minshew is going to be under center, and I think that does hurt some of the upside of Pittman. Pittman's expert consensus rankings on Fantasy Pros have him right now sitting as the wide receiver 13. I got him definitely a lot lower as the wide receiver 21. But there's something about the amount of targets this guy's going to see every single week that gives me some confidence up against a middling Jags defense. I think the Colts are going to be chasing in this game. They're going to be down. They're not going to be able to run the balls effectively. So unless Zach Moss goes nuclear yet again, they're going to have to kind of throw their way back on into this one. And Michael Pittman will be a large part of that. Important to note that I do not have T. Higgins included in these rankings. If T. Higgins does end up playing, which again, to me, feels like no, but he's saying yes. Higgins would be either included in the C tier or in the D tier. If you want my updated rankings, update them every single day. You can check out the Patreon for $7.50. But I didn't want to put T. Higgins up here, and then he misses, and then everyone's like, Nick, you fucking idiot. Why do you have T. Higgins ranked so high? So yeah, that's just kind of my thoughts on T. Higgins. Before we got into wide receiver 22 and beyond all the way to 36, I would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play NFL Pick'em in the whole entire universe. Underdog has a great offer for you guys today that we're going to be talking about in just a couple of seconds. If you are new to Underdog Fantasy's Pick'em game, I will explain to you how it works very quickly. So you have to make at least two picks. So for our first pick here, we're going to go with Lamar Jackson higher than 225 and a half passing yards in London on 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Sunday. You have to have at least two picks and one from each team so we are going to go ahead and match that with DeAndre Hopkins higher than five receptions I think that the Titans are going to be throwing the ball a lot in this one and I think DeAndre Hopkins is going to be a benefactor of that now is he going to have the biggest fantasy day I'm not sure but I think he's going to get five receptions in this one if you have two picks in your slip it will be three times your entry fee if both hit if you do three picks it is six times four picks is 10 times and five picks is 20 times your entry fee obviously all of them have to hit for you to get paid out if you are new to underdog fantasy and live on one of these states that are on your screen right now and use promo code notorious you will get a first match deposit bonus of up to 100 dollars if you deposit 100 they give an additional 150 additional 50 25 and additional 25 the minimum deposit on underdog is 10 dollars. if you have a gambling problem please make sure that you call 1-800 gambler 
back on into things, make sure you guys hit that like button, hit that subscribe button if you have enjoyed. Wide receivers 22 and 23 on the same team, the Bucks, Chris Godwin, and Mike Evans. Now, Mike Evans dealing with an injury, upgraded to limited on Thursday with a hamstring, something to monitor. Limited on Thursday probably means he's going to play on Sunday, but will probably still be dealing with that lingering injury. Wide receiver 9, last time out for Chris Godwin, Chris Godwin up against the Saints in New Orleans. 11 targets, 8 receptions, 114 yards. That was a game where Evans was taken out early. So, if Evans is able to play the whole game, then Godwin might go back down to irrelevancy. The matchup against the Lions isn't cupcake, but it also isn't necessarily the hardest matchup on the week. Based upon the fact that Evans is banged up, even though Evans has had has been better on the season, I would have to rank Godwin higher because he is not coming into the game injured. Again, Evans is still managing a hamstring injury. If he is not able to go, then we'd have to bump Chris Godwin up probably past Devontae Smith as the wide receiver. Number 19, Evans, again, when he's played, he has been very consistent. Wide receiver 13-3-21-54 when he got banged up against the Saints. I'm not ready to fucking wave the white flag on Mike Evans and be worried about him, but I am slightly worried that he's going to be coming into the game banged up, even though I do expect him to play. Moving now to the D-tier wide receiver 24, Amari Cooper, Amari Pooper Scooper, going up against the 49ers. Bad matchup, bad quarterback. P.J. Walker, most likely going to be the starting quarterback. Last time out with DTR, he was the wide receiver 98. So again, while Watson hasn't been surgical this season, slicing the fucking defense up like his name was Jeffrey goddamn Dahmer, Watson has been good. So, good enough for Cooper. So, P.J. Walker is definitely an upgrade over DTR. P.J. Walker, XFL legend. He's had good games in the NFL before. I'm not here to tell you that he's a guy that should be a starting quarterback in the NFL, but he's better than DTR. So, it gives me at least enough confidence in Cooper to rank him as wide receiver 24. But if you're looking to be really safe, right, wrap a condom, a latex over your squad, Amari Cooper might want to be on the bench. Like, I definitely think Addison is much safer than him, but I think the upside of Cooper is pretty similar and... That's why I got Cooper. Now, Addison also dealing with an ankle limited on Thursday. Again, nothing in my opinion to be very worried about. It doesn't seem like he's a high risk to miss on Sunday. But again, something to monitor going up against the Chicago Bears in Chicago. No Justin Jefferson. Wide receiver 15 last week against the Chiefs. This is the type of matchup that you circle on the calendar at the beginning of the year, going up against a layup of a defense, a garbage bottom of the barrel Chicago Bears defense. Jordan Addison Ray is a top end option this week, even though I've got him ranked a little bit low. Just there's so many other receivers that are so great that it's hard to even propel Jordan Addison super high. But again, if you want safety, you got Addison and Cooper, you need to pick one or the other. You could take Jordan Addison because he's a little bit safer. At number 26, Nico Cousin. Let's go bowling. Nico Collins of the Houston Texans going up against the Saints. Now, all year, Nico Collins has been doing this pattern thing. He's played good when he's at home and bad when he's away. This game is at home in Houston. Now, this game doesn't have a cupcake matchup. This is a tough matchup. But I'm going to believe in the pattern here and think Nico Collins bounces back from being the wide receiver 54 last week and being on if I'm being honest he was kind of 
faded in this offense. Like, they just weren't giving enough opportunities. Only four targets last week. At number 27, Christian Kirk going up against the Colts at home in Jacksonville. Wide receiver 21, 16, 26, and 13 over the last four weeks. A relatively safe option this week. Going up against the Indianapolis Colts defense should be a good game for him. Though, I'm still kind of waiting for that huge blow-up game from Ridley, which I think is coming this week. That's going to end up kind of devaluing Christian Kirk. Plus, Zay Jones is back and looks healthy, which does scare me a little bit more off of Christian Kirk. Again, I'm not jumping ship mayday. I'm not panicking fully. I'm just giving some reasons why he might be ranked lower than some other analysts have him. Moving next to the wide receiver 28, Jacoby Myers to close out the D tier of the Raiders. Going up against the Patriots, wide receiver 10, 69, 25, and 3 over the four games he's played this season. Again, he missed week two up against the Buffalo Bills. With a concussion, better off anyways because it would have lowered his stats, his average weekly. Uh, Again, this is not the Patriots defense that we're used to. This isn't your father's Patriots defense. This is a defense that reeks. You can smell them through the screen. They reek to high heaven. So I think Jacoby Myers is going to take advantage of this defensive matchup. But again, it's hard to rank the number two receiver on the Raiders super high because we know Jimmy Garoppolo is in for a disaster of a game. And Devontae Adams is also there. And he's one of the best receivers in the NFL. Moving to the E tier a bit of a tighter tier here. Pause. Zay Flowers, wide receiver 29, going up against the Tennessee Titans in Tennessee, which is really in London. Wide receiver 25 last week. This is a team that had a case of the dropsies. Flowers, with how fast he is, should probably have like three touchdowns this season. He has zero. I feel like this is the week where he finds pay dirt. But again, even with Odell being hurt, even with Rashad Master Bateman being literally dog shit out there, and Nelson Aguilar, the guy with no fucking hands being on the team. There's just something about the fact that Flowers is just really boomer bust, right? He, he's been seeing, he sees 10 targets, then 5, then 10, then 4, then 11. If this pattern continues, he's probably going to have a bad game this week. But the matchup's too good to believe in that pattern. At number 30, we got Tyler Lockett in my pocket. Skirt going up against the Cincinnati Bengals. If Metcalf misses, like we've been talking about with that rims, ribs injury, fucking he gave one to Eve, then Lockett is going to move up the rankings. Now, Lockett has been very inconsistent, not like Metcalf. This is way worse. Wide receiver 91, 6, 56, 42. We kind of knew this would be Lockett's season. He's a firecracker. I say this all the time, right? He's either going to explode. It's going to be like the 4th of July. It's going to be all fun, right? America. Or it's going to be like JPP's 4th of July, and he's going to blow fucking fingers off, right? And uh, hopefully it is the first one for your fantasy team. We've got to start Tyler Lockett in my pocket skirt. This week at number 31, we got D-Hop, DeAndre Hopkins of the Titans going up against the Baltimore Ravens in London. Wide receiver 7 last week. It looked like D-Hop hopped in a fucking time machine like one of those Doritos commercials. Wide receiver 7, 11 targets, 8 receptions, 140 yards. Question is, can he do that up against a middle-of-the-road Ravens defense in London in a game where it might be a little bit closer so they won't have to throw the ball as much because we all know the game plan, like the movie with The Rock, is to run the ball. So if the Ravens are kind of in a bit of a slump, if they can't get it going, they can't get it up, they don't start smacking up the Titans, then they're going to have to run the ball more. Plus... 
I don't trust Tannehill enough to rank D-Hop higher. Even though I love D-Hop, even though I bought fully into him in the offseason talking about how he could be a top 12 receiver, and that's true. We saw him wide receiver 7 last week, but I just don't know how consistent that will be. Hopefully it is. Uh, moving now to the F tier, wide receivers 32 through 36 to close out the video. Again, if you enjoyed, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Number 32, Scary Terry F1 McLaurin going up against the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta. Terry McLaurin was doing his best John Cena impression. He he had a fucking invisibility cloak like he was in Harry Potter. Against Chicago. Literally the nut low defense. Literally a matchup that my fucking grandmother could destroy. And she's not even alive anymore. R.I.P. My grandma. But Terry McLaurin. She was a nice lady. So hopefully she thought that was funny. She's listening in right now. I know she is. But uh, Terry McLaurin going up against the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta. Invisible last week, Terry McLaurin. Invisible. Five targets, four receptions, 49 yards. He's going to pick it up, though. I believe going up against Atlanta, they have to. They just have to. The matchup's good. Terry McLaurin's good. He's just got to bounce back, right? Right, guys? Hopefully. Uh, number 33, Gabe Davis. If you ought to be a little bit safer, you can go Gabe Davis. Now, Gabe Davis is pretty... He's hot, then he's cold. He's yes, then he's no. He's in, then he's out. He's up, then he's down. Hopefully I don't get copyright claim for that one because that sounded just like the song. Uh, wide receiver 69, very nice. Week one, then wide receiver 14, 45, 22, and 8. He scored a touchdown in four straight games. Hit the Shane Gillis touchdown celebration against the Dolphins. Fuck you for doing that, but I love Shane Gillis, so it's okay. Great matchup, but again, Gabe Davis feels like he's destined for one of those down games. So it might even be this week, even in a great matchup at number 34, K.J. Osborne of the cold-like Minnesota Vikings going up against the Bears. Now, I want to rank K.J. Osborne higher. He's getting a great opportunity. The problem with K.J. Osborne is he's not very good. He has stone hands. He'll be wide open in the end zone, butt naked. There'll be, be zero people around him, and he drops the ball. But he'll make that crazy catch, right? He'll make the Odell reach back like one three, like one three. He'll make the catch where he's not even looking like fucking the Cortland Sutton catch from last night. That was an amazing catch. He'll do that. But then he'll be wide open. There'll be no one within 50 yards of him, and he drops it. So I'm scared of that. But the volume is going to be huge, huge, great volume, like Kim Kardashian's ass. So KJ Osborne, definitely, definitely worried about him. But he's a guy I definitely would like to start. At number 35, we got Joshua Pama of the Chargers going up against the Cowboys. Now, I hope, as a football fan, that coming out of the bye week, Brandon Staley figures out, oh, Oh, we drafted Quentin Johnston in the first round. Let's use him as our number two option at the receiver position. I hope that happens, but it probably won't because Brandon Staley is the type of dude to try to stick a rectangular object into a circular hole, right? He's a fucking idiot, a dunce. Joshua Palmer is going to be given a lot of opportunities. He's been getting eight, seven targets over the last two games. Without Mike Williams, Joshua Palmer is going to be involved. He's not great. Like Tony the Tiger, but he should be okay. Number 36, Garrett Wilson. Now, I pray to the football gods above that Garrett Wilson goes off. The Eagles defense isn't the Eagles defense that I thought they would be entering into the season. The problem is, the problem is that Zach Wilson sucks. He sucks. There's so many points in the game. If you watch the All-22, 
don't don't do it to yourself because you're gonna get pissed if you're a Garrett Wilson owner. Garrett Wilson's wide open. It's in the end zone. There's no one near him. He made the guy miss. The guy's doing the fucking matrix thing, falling backwards, and he can't hit him. He can't hit him. It's tough to watch. The upside's immense because of how great he is. He could take a four-yard dump off to the crib. The problem is Zach Wilson. So thank you guys all so much for watching. If you didn't enjoy, make sure you hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button down below if you didn't enjoy. I appreciate you guys a ton. Thank you guys all. I know I'm a little bit blurry, so I'm going to end things very quickly here. I hope you guys enjoyed the stream last night on Thursday Night Football. If you are someone who missed the Thursday Night Stream, we'll be live on Sunday in the morning around 11.45 Eastern Standard Time because there is that morning London game that does kind of get in the way of the stream. I appreciate all of you guys greatly from deep down in the bottom of my heart. I love you guys all so much. We got 29,000 subscribers recently. It means the world to me. Check out one of the videos on your screen if you haven't seen them already. Blurry Nick is out. I love you guys all so much. Hope you have a great rest of your guys' day. And as always, good boy!